Welcome to the Equip Podcast. Here you'll find conversations from people of all different walks of life, sharing their experiences, the things the Lord has taught them, and things to equip you. Equip is based on Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, that talks about equipping God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That is our goal here, to build you up and equip you through seasons of ups and downs in life. Welcome back to the Equip Podcast. My name is Taylor Gibson, and I'm your host. Today, I have with me Debbie Stewart. Glad to be here. And Pastor David Dykes. What a joy to be with you guys. Pastor David is our guest today, and he is a husband, father, grandfather, and a pastor. And Pastor, you've been in ministry as a pastor for about 42 years, but you've been preaching much longer than that, right? Yes, the Lord called me to preach in the summer of 1970, so you know, you can do the math, so that's 51 (laughs) years uh, that actually I've been preaching. I love that. And Pastor, let me tell you this. I don't think I've ever had an opportunity to tell you this before, but along those lines of your preaching, just the practical application of God's Word, when our son returned back to church after he had been incarcerated for 10 years, you know, we didn't know exactly how he would feel about all of that. It was a different church than he grew up in. And during your message that day, just your practical teaching uh, of God's Word and the, the biblical principles that you pull out of God's Word, I noticed sitting beside him, the boy didn't move. The, he didn't move a muscle almost the entire time. And as soon as the message was over, he looked at me and he said, that guy was talking right to me. <laughs> and I love how God's Word does that, but you also have a great skill in doing that. So thank you for making God's Word come alive and, and talking right to us with those biblical principles. Well, it is a joy of my life, not only to preach the Word, but also to study to preach the Word. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the preachers that really God uses the most, you know, really do the hard work of studying and preparing. Sure. Probably, I've, I've told people that on a minimum, you probably put about one hour for every minute that you preach. And so oh, wow. if I'm preaching a 30-minute sermon, mm-hmm. that means that probably at least 30 hours that I've mm-hmm. invested in putting the message together. Do you as a pastor see the aha moment? I mean, I, I don't know if you see that from stage, but do you see the aha moment that comes into the lives of people when you're preaching that they get it? I mean, because it's happening across the congregation. I just didn't know. Do you see that? Well, yeah, I uh, try to maintain eye contact with different people in the church as far as I can see. I can't see up in the balcony very well. Mm-hmm. But okay. uh yeah, you can see the smiles, the nods, like this is, yeah, all right, that makes sense. That's the first time I've really ever thought about that. So, yeah, it's a cool experience to see them sort of, you know, have the, what we call the Logos, mm-hmm. turn into the Rhema, right. the living word. The Rhema. That's, That's good. good. Now, you recently wrote a book, Starting Over in a COVID World. Will you tell us a little bit about that? What inspired you to write that? Well, I've always been fascinated with the story of Ruth mm-hmm. and uh, love the story of Ruth. It's a good one. And... uh in fact, in the 90s, uh, before you were born, I think, <laughs> Probably so. I preached a series here. We were in the chapel on, on Ruth and called it The Romance of Redemption. Oh, I love redemption. So I've always loved the story and I always knew I'd come back to it, circle back to it somehow. Um, and the cool thing about Ruth, if I could just kind of add this, uh, it's, it's one of the greatest short stories in all of literature. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a true story about... Benjamin Franklin used to, when he was ambassador to France, used to attend often the Infidels Club. And Hmm. these guys didn't want to have anything to do with the Bible or anything. Mm -hmm. So at one meeting, he read the story of Ruth, just changed the names (laughs) so they wouldn't recognize it. And when he finished, they said, that is the most marvelous short story in all of literature that we've ever heard. Where where did you get that? And he said, it comes from the Bible. (laughs) 
And they were shocked to discover that that great story came from the Bible. Well, it is uh, relevant for such a time as this, certainly. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it is. And the reason I wrote it in conjunction with starting over in a COVID world, of course, that's where Naomi and Ruth found themselves, widows, penniless, mm-hmm. uh, moving back to Ruth's home, but uh, I mean to Naomi's home, Bethlehem, but to a totally new country and culture for Ruth, and yet they went from bitterness to blessing. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Love it. It's a good story. One of the things I love that you mentioned in the book was uh, people asking you all of the time, uh, do you think it's going to get worse before it gets better? And then I love the way because I get that question as well, and we just don't know. But I love the way you kind of come back to them with two questions. One of those questions was, will you rejoice in the Lord even in bad times? And that second question was, will you follow the Lord even in scary times? you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. It's easiest thing for any person to do, believer or non-believer, to just rejoice, be thankful, have a good attitude when all the circumstances Mm -hmm. are going your way. But it takes true faith to rejoice and offer the sacrifice of praise when things are not so good. And uh, this past year now that we've uh, been battling a global pandemic has tested all of our faith. But those of us who can rejoice as an act of obedience rather than an emotion, I think it's been good for us to just continue to rejoice uh, even when situations aren't that great. That's good. And obeying the Lord, even when it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, as both you guys know, mm-hmm. as part of our, our church staff team, how much we have had to pivot and pause mm-hmm. and change and go to plan B, C, D, mm-hmm. but with ever, but not ever losing our vision mm-hmm. to, to, right. to let God transform lives with the truth of us. Jesus. I love it. Continues to drive us. Absolutely. Well, and you mentioned in your book, too, a triggered me thinking about this when you talked about rejoice, how some Christians have lost the joy of their salvation. And we probably have some women listening today that might feel like they've lost the joy of their salvation. What are some steps that we can take to come back to that joy? Yeah, there's a difference between having salvation, having the joy of your salvation. Absolutely. Um, Because of course, uh, after David repented, King David repented of his sins, that was one of his prayers, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Mm-hmm. And I think that preposition, your salvation, is is a key to rejoicing, to know it's not my salvation, I'm not responsible for it, it's a gift that God has given to me. And thank goodness for that. Mm-hmm. And I've often said there's nothing in the world that is worth losing your joy over. That's good. And I've said this before, you can't really feel your way into a praise, but you can praise your way into a feeling. (laughs) What that means is that even if you don't feel like rejoicing, if you just start singing that song, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, and just keep singing it, before you know it, you will have Mm -hmm. the emotion of cheerfulness. you know, I've, I've often led groups to say praise the Lord 10 times and each time say it louder and there's smiles on everybody's faces. So I'm saying sometimes all you need to do is just literally faith it. It's true. Not fake it. Faith it's it. It's true. Mm-hmm. And then the feelings come along. Well, and then the Bible says that he inhabits the praise of his people. So you're just filling that room. And I think the enemy can't stand that very long. So he's going to leave the room. And that begins to change just a mentality and a mindset. We did a Bible study over the summer where we realized how much of our mind and our mindset can can 
control the feeling. It can, you, you can think yourself to be sick. And before you know it, you have, you have convinced yourself that you are so much in the mind in that battlefield of the mind. So I, I appreciate you talking about that too, a little bit in the book. Yeah, absolutely. And how we can train our actions to our thoughts. Sometimes mm-hmm. our thoughts influence our actions, but when we're trying to come back into that, having our actions navigate to lead our thoughts is much more helpful of saying those things. I really liked that. Um, so for those of us or those people that might be listening that feel that maybe God has been silent or far away in a tough year of elections and COVID and racial injustice, how, what can they do? Uh, what would you say to them? Well, I, I think the way you stay connected, and that's a good word, stay, connected yeah. to the mm-hmm. heart of God uh, it's just through those two disciplines of getting into the Word of God mm-hmm. every day on a consistent basis mm-hmm. and spending time in prayer. Uh, and I say over and over again, the key to growth in the Christian life is having a daily quiet time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, group Bible studies are great. Corporate worship is mm-hmm. great. But, you know, you will dry up spiritually unless you have that daily time with you and the Lord. And I've learned through the years, I keep a prayer journal as I pray, and I have found that the older I get, the seems like the more I listen to God than I talk to God. That's good. So it's like I try to have literally a conversation with God, mm-hmm. get into the Word, pause, pray, listen, get back into the Word. So it's not like, oh, I'm doing my Bible, now I'm going to mm-hmm. pray. No, it's, mm-hmm. it's all one experience of staying connected to Jesus the vine so that He can produce his fruit through my life. Well, I think it's easy for that to become a checklist for us of, Mm -hmm. okay, I read my Bible, check, I prayed, check, wrote my journal, check, but it's not going to be an effective time if we're not letting that be spirit led. Our challenge in women's ministry has always been 20 minutes a day for the rest of your life that we encourage women to be in God's word. And I do the same. I have my journal here and my Bible here and do my study time. And, and as I was mentoring a young girl not long ago, she was at my desk and I was walking her through what my quiet time looks like. And so when we got to the end, she said, so this is the thing that you do with the Lord. And I loved how she said that. I said, yeah, this, this is the thing I do with him. With the Lord. He, this is how he talks to me. <laughs> through his word. This is how I talk back in right. my journal, not not actual talking back, although that may or may not be true. But that's how I talk back. I ask questions in my journal. I write down my prayer request. I write down the principles out of his word that I believe he's calling me to action on, something he wants me to change, start doing or stop doing. And I mentioned to her that day, I said, quite frankly, that's how I fell in love. Communication. Just like any of us have fallen in love with someone through the talking that and that communicating. And I, I think sometimes we can compartmentalize it so much. Oh, it's it's just prayer time check, but it's really just a, a communication with the Lord and, and to help women understand and men as well, of course, understand that process. Yeah. And I've told people, that if you say, I don't feel like praying that that's really the time you need yeah. to pray. You just <laughs> need to pray. And if you don't feel like reading the Bible, just make yourself read the Bible. And while you're in the process of it. Well, the key is making a, a habit, that's a good true. habit. And and when it becomes a habit, uh, it doesn't become anything that's routine or you don't get in a rut. It just is a really good, positive habit in your life. And I love what you said, 20 minutes for the rest of your life. 20 that, minutes a, a day way for the rest it. of your life. One thing we learned with our medical doctors at Baylor regarding my husband had a recent heart transplant. He mentioned about a healthy heart, this new heart that he has. And he said, you know, it's not really so much about a healthy heart. We've put a healthy heart in your body. It's not about a healthy heart. It's about healthy habits. 
And that is so true for our life in general, but our life spiritually as well, that it's those healthy habits that we developed every day. And now I can't hardly live without. I, I am at a loss attitude wise and a lot of other ways. If I'm not, if I've not spent some time with him to get direction, to get comfort, to be challenged, to be loved during that time, his word says that he's near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And his word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And in these dark times, we need that light like never before. Absolutely. And if you miss it, and you miss your healthy habit in the morning and your time with Jesus. I feel like the day, whole day is off. Like get a sick something heart. got messed up. It's worth being late for mm-hmm. somewhere. You got to miss something. This has to be a priority. Mm-hmm. Well, I know there are women listening to this, and I know many of them may be married and talk about good habits. You know, I, I will often talk about a 3D marriage, mm-hmm. which is a dialogue daily, date weekly, and depart quarterly. Oh, that's some extra that for good. us today. That's and, very good. And uh, of course, before COVID, my wife and mm-hmm. I have pretty much stuck with that. We've kept the dialogue daily and our daily conversations have become longer yes uh it's very difficult to date with with the mm-hmm. covid and, and we haven't departed the whole year but that's a good kind of a that's good, good habits to get in 3d marriage that's dialogue good. daily date weekly depart quarterly even if you're just going out you know to a retreat center or something right and as a young Mary Taylor, that uh, that's great advice. That's I know I'm going to have to write after, that down. Yeah. After 37 years. And and after those, how long have you and Cindy been married, Pastor? 44 years coming up this year. 44 wow. years. And your marriage has survived some difficult times with some uh, prodigal years and some difficulty in, in anxiety with your daughter and some other, a lot of other things. And that doesn't even touch the pastorate. So during COVID and during times of crisis, just in general, this is just one I think that's gotten all of our attention. But while while you're giving this little extra on marriage, talk to us about a marriage in Christ or what I call fragile families. That's what I'm seeing a lot of these days is this has just caused the breakdown of families. Uh, anything you'd like to say to families along those lines, just times of crisis, times of crisis in marriage or the or as the enemy seeks to just break down the family unit what we can do to stay strong in our families. Well, I do think the devil wants to divide every church, every mm-hmm. nation, and every family, and every marriage. And these are tough times, especially I, I just pray for these families that have little kids oh, yes. uh, or, or kids at home. Mm-hmm. And I'll confess that it's easier for Cindy and I now because mm-hmm. all we have are grandkids, okay. and you know all we do is spoil them. <laughs> so we're not raising them. But for those parents that are raising kids, it just takes an okay. extra effort, more prayer, more attention. And I think it's a matter of priority uh, because I've, we've always said that, you know, our relationship with God is absolutely first. Then we said our relationship as husband and wife okay. was absolutely second. Good. Then our relationship to our children was third. We let our kids know the whole time we we're growing up that we love them. But we know one day, hopefully, they're going to be gone and have their own family. Mm-hmm. And so our marriage is, is if we knew we wouldn't be good parents if we didn't have a good, strong marriage. That's good. And then next is maybe your relationship. For me, it's church. Mm-hmm. For others, it may be a job. Mm-hmm. And when you get those priorities out of order, you know, that leads to trouble. So just going back to what's most important. Really? Keeping the main thing the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. I remember my kid, my parents saying something of that effect to me of, no, mom and dad are 
together in this. We're going to be before the kids. We love y'all, but we're the top priority. And as a kid, I was like, well, that's kind of rude. You're not running the show <laughs> but as an adult and having just recently gotten married, I'm like, oh, that, no, that makes sense. Yes. Like that should be your top priority because um, sometimes we see uh, empty nesters after their kids have left mm-hmm. and they're like, what do I, what do I do now? Like, I don't, we haven't worked mm-hmm. on this in years. We've been developing our kids and sometimes that can be a tough season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One of the things I love getting back to Ruth and, and just the times of crisis we've been in is there's a scripture in the message, the, the paraphrase of God's word, the message, Isaiah 58, 11 says, I will give you a full life in the emptiest of places. And that's kind of Ruth's story playing out. I will give you a full life. And he has done that through not only Ruth, but so many people I think of in God's word, Job and David, so many others, as we look for their life lessons that we can learn and just a reminder to our listeners today, that even in those dark times and even in times of crisis, that the Lord is still working. That's the main thing I'm reminding myself of. In the the days of insecurity and, and uncertainty, one thing that I know, that I know, that I know, is the Lord is in control and he is working towards something. And I keep telling myself, don't mess it up. Just just step back and quit trying to mess it up. Right. And and of course, the, the hero in the story of Ruth is Boaz, the human hero. And everybody needs a Boaz. Yeah, Every right. woman right. needs a Boaz. Uh, and we all have a Boaz because, of course, Boaz in the story is a picture of Jesus. He's the kinsman mm-hmm. redeemer who showed the Hebrew word hesed, which is grace, to Ruth and Naomi. And we have a kinsman redeemer, he, the, the bridegroom of the church, Jesus, who provides for us when we don't deserve it, mm-hmm. who loves us, who rescues us from the depths of our despair. So Boaz uh, is is playing the role, of course, that Jesus plays for us every day. I love that. And there's so many names that obviously that he goes by, King of Kings and Lord of Lords and Counselor and Deliverer and all of those things. But I think my very favorite that has just been most prevalent in my life is our Redeemer. Mm-hmm. He is our kinsman Redeemer. He is the God of redemption, of restoring the days. What the enemy intends for evil, God means for good. I think there's a scripture in Exodus that says he is not done without cause all that he has done. And you can sleep at night knowing that he is still in control, no matter what happens in the White House. I think you've said that many times uh, uh, about him being king over all the earthly things. That brings me security. Yeah, and so many people are are so upset, for instance, what happened in the election, what's happening yes. in the nation. And, and I keep telling people, you know, here here's the world. I'm, I'm holding my hands about it waist level. Mm-hmm. Here's the world and everything that's happening in the world. And then I'm now I'm raising my head hands above my head. And here's where the church and believers live. We we are on a higher ground. We are seated with Christ in the heavenlies. That's our perspective. And so when you're looking at the world from from the perspective of Jesus, who's in the White House? Who gets elected? Who goes to jail? Who doesn't? All of that is just so small in comparison. So uh, just remember that That's good. you know from above. All these things look so much smaller. Perspective. If well, and a reminder that our hope is anchored in Christ in that even though we are dealing with all kinds mm-hmm. of crazy things mm-hmm. down here, we still have a better place to go to as believers. That's good. And I've had so many people tell me that, you know, in a world when so much is uncertain, since we've been gathering back together as a church, they have just said, this is the one steady thing now in in my world. And not just the gathering of the church, but just the life of the church. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that we are 
able to meet together with some precautions mm-hmm. and and happy to do that. That that is the stability they said that they've really missed and needed during this whole time. So those eleven weeks we, we didn't gather together. Those were tough on it everybody. Drove me not, and never before have I felt. I was glad when they said to me, "Let's go to the house of the Lord." <laughs> oh right. my goodness! So happy to be back, uh, just in His house. There's just something about that. Yeah, and that corporate worship element. I remember trying to worship in my living with my family, and mm. of course they're all trying to poke their ears out with my tone deaf voice, and uh, being back together, and that can kind of just blend in with other believers. Was so such yeah. a beautiful thing to experience. Oh, yeah, you want to know it's really tough for a pastor to sit in the living room next to his wife <laughs> while he's preaching on the screen, and she's giving you up to the moment evaluation. <laughs> did you watch yourself preach? No, she did not. <laughs> pa- pa- did you watch yourself preach? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, because we were filming it, we weren't doing it live. Yeah. For most of the time, it, we were filming it and then playing it back on Sunday mornings. So like church for Cindy and for me for several weeks was us sitting in our, you know, den, watching <laughs> it on the screen with her telling me, you're oh, so that, stiff. That or, so why, don't you, why don't you move around a little bit more? <laughs> so I was so glad when I could, you know. Come back up here and do it live. I love that honest, (laughs) in-the-moment feedback. That's right. If you're out there listening, if you're in the Tyler area and you don't have a church home, we'd love to invite you to Green Acres. This is a wonderful place where you can find community. You can hear God's Word. You can hear the teaching of His Word. uh, And then join a small group. And if you're... not in this area and unable to attend, you can join us online. Lots of available uh, avenues online at our website, greenacres.org. It has been cool to see different people that have been tuning into our stuff online and watching online church and people watching across Texas and across the nation to see our global church has just grown. Mm -hmm. It's been good during this time. Uh, Pastor, where can people find your book? Um, Amazon.com. Okay. You can just either put my name, David O. Dykes, in the search field and like all 18 books I've written can Mm -hmm. come up, or you can just put in the title, Starting Over in a COVID World, but uh, Amazon and other online sellers. It's great, and you're definitely going to want to grab that. It's a great read. Uh, Pastor, one thing we ask all of our guests that come on each episode is, what is something that you're learning, and what is something that you're loving? I'm learning that God's grace is enough Mm, for whatever we face. And we we face lots of challenges in our lives, personally, as a church, family, but God's grace Mm. is enough. And what I love is just working with a team of people here at Green Acres that love the Lord and are passionate about Mm. serving Him and serving others. So That is so encouraging. Well, thank you for being on our podcast today. Uh, We will see you all or listen to you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Equip Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode drops. And follow us on social media to stay connected. We're at GABC underscore women. See you next time.